Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 commercial, three minutes for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, a ruling coming out of Pennsylvania aims to halt the certification of the vote for Biden, even though it has been certified. The governor has appointed the electors, but it's really a symbolic indication that this fight is not over. And I've been thinking about that. When we spoke to Garland, he thinks Georgia is going to ultimately be certified after this final recount for Trump. I mean, and he's assuming that the recount is is done with more integrity than the original count, which hopefully it would be with more scrutiny. But you've got Pennsylvania. Uh, I think Wisconsin still has some litigation to go through. Uh, they're doing or I should say they're doing a recount that's finished December 1st. And there's uh, Michigan also. So what happens if Trump really does win. And remember, it would then still be an electoral win. And I don't think they're even addressing the question of the kind of optics of the popular win going for Biden by a fair amount. Yeah, that wasn't the only place where there was a lawsuit filed. A group in Wisconsin filed an emergency petition after they say they identified 144 potentially fraudulent ballots. And this is a group that is representing some of the the voters. And I believe there's another lawsuit it might have been it might have been that one that you just read. That was that one representing the voters, or is that one on behalf of Trump? I think it's representing the voters as well. So I think we saw some Trump remember. lawsuits earlier. I think now, it's the voters. Now, yeah, now we're seeing lawsuits that are coming from the voters, coming from people. Yeah. Who are oh, this was the Trump fund. I was thinking about the Trump funded Wisconsin recount starting Friday. So Trump is actually funding the recount. Yeah, he is. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they need something like 20,000 votes or whatever. But Garland wasn't as optimistic about Wisconsin. It was Philadelphia and Detroit that he said he thought the same pattern of kind of, you know, big swings in the votes could happen. Yeah. And Lynn Wood just filed another lawsuit in Georgia today appealing the previous decision where he was trying to stop the certification of the vote. Yeah, it doesn't look like this is going to end, even though the media would make it seem as though it's already ended and that Biden is already president. If Trump were to come out on top, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be the the electoral or the popular vote, because if he prevents him, he can still get to the contingent election scenario. If some of the if the if you prevent Biden from getting, I believe Pennsylvania. Oh, there's like a tricky little way the yeah. map works where it's a yeah. tie. You can get it. You can still get it to the contingent election. I, they have a bunch of different avenues. Think, I'm looking at it. Let's pursuing. look at it. So it looks like Biden has 306 and then Michigan is 16. Pennsylvania is 20. Wisconsin is 10. And I think Georgia is 16. So you'd have to back off for him 36. Yeah, which could be Pennsylvania plus Michigan or Georgia. That's the that, scenario that, that Alan Dershowitz has been talking about that they could be pursuing is to try and take those away from Biden so that they could get it to a contingent election, which would give it to the to Congress. And, uh, yeah. OK, so, yeah. So actually, Georgia, which which Garland thinks is going to go for Trump. And then it would just ha- the only other one would have to be Pennsylvania. And that would get that would get Biden down to 270 if I if I'm reading this right. Got to get him to 269. 
What? They have to get him to 269. Oh, 269. Oh, no. See, that would get him to 270. He's being called at 306. Right. I didn't think there was a way to tie it. I got to go watch what Alan Dershowitz said. I'm not, I can't give you the full details. Yeah, of this yeah. No, just I'm just this. trying to do the math. Yeah. I'm just trying to do the math because everyone's saying that Biden has 306. And I think that the ones that are in, but maybe if you start talking about Nevada and Arizona, I don't know what they're doing there, but it would have to be. Yeah. I mean, I guess. But the electors have to vote on December 14th. So we'll get more information. I don't know if that's if all disputes have to be resolved by then. I don't think they were for the Bush Gore thing. I think that when it went up to the Supreme Court, it was after that deadline. This is what Dershowitz said. He says, I think the strategy of the Trump team is not to get him to 270, but to keep Joe Biden from getting 270. He said, I don't think this is a charade of some kind. He has many legal efforts which is spread across the country, and he believes the legal claims advanced by the Republicans in those areas. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, people probably think I'm pro-Trump. I, I just think you've got to, when it's razor-thin margins, everyone should understand that you want to get yeah. it resolved. I it, mean, it just doesn't right. even make sense to say, well, he it's close, so he should just concede. Yeah. That's, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, Dur- Dershowitz said there's many contingencies that could occur, and that anyone who tells you with 100% certainty that they can predict the outcome is not being straight with you. I think that that is where a lot of the confusion comes, even though they're not covering, is uh, there are many avenues that are being pursued that could result in this, in this thing being called into question even more. And if it does, if it does end up getting going the other way, it's going to be it's going to be chaos because they have already moved. They've already closed the book on it, on Trump. Biden is president in the minds of the mainstream media and in the, the larger public that watches them and believes them. And if that suddenly switches, then probably going to be chaos for a small number of people anyway. Well, for a small number of people, what do you mean? I mean, the people that have been radicalized over the past four years, those people oh. will be ready to just take to the streets and, and really go forward with, I think, I think it's violence. it will be like an international thing. I think there'll be like two presidents kind of thing. I That's think, true. Because when China recognized Biden today, I think that was. And Biden has been talking to, I was thinking about that. Biden said that he's been talking to world leaders, 20 of them. And if he's moving forward with them, then that could pull the rug out from under them as well. What Biden said today and this goes to stuff that we've talked about on some of our Rockfin videos. To Biden said, he said it last night, and they've been talking about it today. He said that America's back. And what he means is that America's back on an international level to take its leadership role in the world. And he says that all the European countries are really, really excited about America being back and, and that Biden being in, in control. He said their concern, though, is that they don't know if in 2024 there could be another populace that just takes the White House back from Biden and America will again become unreliable and unpredictable and basically America first. And they want to have that predictability. They want to have that certainty. They want to have exactly what Richard Haas and some of these other international leaders said in a Council on Foreign Relations meeting, the Council on Councils conversation with Richard Haas. Biden is echoing the exact same words that this group said. And this group is echoing many of the exact same words that the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum said. This is all the Build Back Better plan, and they're trying to put this in motion before it's even official. Maybe people don't know what that Council of Councils is, but we did our last Rockfin series or video on a bunch of clips that they had from because now see it could work both ways now that they have everything that we say and all of our communications electronically we have probably more of theirs 
than they would give if they could. But the Council of Councils is all the countries in the world that have these councils and their Council of Foreign Relations the exact like the same organization royal institute for international affairs slash chatham house and all of the little seeds that the british empire put around the world basically in the form of in our country council of foreign relations but in other countries it's the same thing it's the sister of the council of foreign relations but in every country and there they seek to influence legislators and government in this vast conspiracy of non-elected people What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. Help out a family member or friend this Christmas with neighbors by giving them something that helps them live off the land to live a more sustainable life because that is one of the most beneficial things you can do right now. Yeah. So I do, I do think that it's funny that these guys, one of the things that really struck me about when they were talking from the Council of Councils, and you probably remember it better than I did, do because you heard it so many more times when you're cutting the clips, but weren't they saying like, it's messed up that Trump isn't interfe- interfering in other countries, like that he was pulling down military. Yeah, there was a, a leader from Africa, the Council on Council, and there was a question she was asked. It was premised with Trump has pulled many of the troops out of your country. And she framed that question as though that were a bad thing and how dare he pull those troops out. And and that the woman from Africa expressed the, the desire to have them taken back in. We want more of them to come in. We want. I think that was yeah. South Africa, South Africa, excuse me, Yeah, right. which is an African country, but it has a unique relationship yeah. with England. And I feel like they they. This was just one of those times when you hear these intellectual types who have like a increasingly bad experiences with. And I just I it's a very condescending attitude. And they say things as if and you actually found the smoking gun on this, that they will say things as if all good people, all all educated people know this underlying thing. And that's how they were saying that. I mean, we all know that without U.S. and like I just hear in the background them saying like the U.S. as a proxy for the U.K. has boots on the ground in every asshole country that might might go afield, then, you know, this is a bad thing. And they say it in these nice ways. And these are all like academic looking people, a lot of women, a lot of older women. And it just feels like um, they they're so soft and gentle. And then they say bloodthirsty things. Yeah, and and what they and they couch it all. I mean, every last thing they do, they couch in this, and it actually puts the image in my mind. I cannot shake the images that they put in my mind of all these poor African kids that used to have like flies landing on their eyeballs and stuff, sitting at these like cookie cutter, super shiny desks with their like laptops and big smiles on their faces. And they're so happy to be plugged into the matrix. 
And, and, you know, you can't help but think, yeah, okay, I can see how they can access more productivity that way and at least have shoes on their feet or whatever. Then I heard the stuff about what I've been talking about for a few days about the vaccinations and how they're really in two groups, the rich one and the poor one. And I actually did a little more digging on the poor one because I remembered that where I got the like only reference to the fact that it was DNA based was like on Vox or Vice or something. And I'm thinking to myself, like I woke up thinking about this. I was like, how did they know? How did they find the real study on that? And I didn't, you know, like I just I'm not buying that. So I woke up and I just like dug back in. I was like, what is this thing? So the vaccination, the new the poor people's vaccination is is not necessarily gene splicing. It just could be. It's called gene transducing. And the RNA one puts RNA in your body that makes the stuff and then the immune response comes. The DNA one, which is for poor people, puts a it takes a simian virus. So like a chimpanzee virus and it it designs it's called viral vector to penetrate the your cells and once it's in your cell it brings the dna material and i i i assume this is the only thing that i'm assuming that it then has the cell reproduce with that dna in it and that stimulates the immune response but there is a chance and sometimes it's intentional they actually design it this way that that viral that virus information genetic information finds a place on your dna in that cell that's so similar to it it can swap itself out with it so then it would do the same thing which is create all these genes that then your body considers to be an antigen and that produces all these antibodies uh, but that in itself can have an overreaction on the immune system, which is what exactly what I was worried about. And uh, then it would be kind of gene splicing. But that possibility is considered usually a a side effect, a complication. So there are some that do it on purpose and some that do it by accident. Anyway, it's not crystal clear which one this is, but regardless, it is the one that this morning I also woke up when I was doing my homework and found that Argentina is like both feet in the pool. Like they are that because as soon as they're like Argentina stockpiling this, you know, put in big orders for this vaccine, I was like, I'm guessing dime on a dollar I know which vaccine it is they're getting and lo, it was the AstraZeneca one. So, so when I see that this, this eventual one thing, which was created by the World Economic Forum and all that that implies, and then hear the World Economic Forum come back and constantly say that they want equality of outcomes. They care about the poor. They're the only ones. This is the only way to do it. And this is, is such a huge thing that we're talking billions of doses of this stuff to bifurcate society this way is the opposite of equality. It's, it, it has the vast potential to make it worse. Equality of outcome is only possible if someone above everyone else controls what everyone else has or doesn't have. That's the only way equality of outcome is possible is with a dictator or a group of dictators controlling everybody else on the planet with them being the exception to the equality because you, yeah. we it would to actually achieve equality of outcome would require everybody on the planet to be so selfless and to act on their own volition, on their own volition, not being forced by, by somebody above them because that would destroy the whole idea. So it would require people to be 
the opposite of what the people who are calling for equality of outcome. So it had to be the absence of government and everyone being the most perfect human being and most responsible human being on the planet, which is just impossible. Exactly. And uh, let me expand on that a little bit. We are excited to bring this extended shout out to you from Molly. She's a patron saint and a big fan of the show, and she has a very important message she'd like to get out there. Molly wants people to know that there's a toxic heavy metal called gadolinium in the contrast injection you get when you get an MRI. And some people have a devastating reaction to it. You can find out more about that by looking into the experience of Chuck Norris and his wife, Gina, who, like Molly, are trying to raise awareness of this serious issue. Gadolinium is a rare earth mineral that's not found isolated in nature. Yet because of MRIs, it's now in our environment and can accumulate in our bodies. The long-term effects of using this heavy metal in the millions of MRIs that are done every year are not yet known. Molly just wants people to know the risks involved in getting this injection and to learn more about the possible impact this practice may have on us all. Knowledge is power, so learn more about gadolinium in MRIs at Molly's website, www.mrs.com mridie.com that's www.mridye.com if you have you're absolutely right if you have equality of outcome that means that you cannot give monetary or material incentives to more productive people to work harder so you have really smart people with specific skill sets that are very expensive to develop you want that person working 15 hours a day you do not want that person working five hours a day because then you have to it's like called fixed costs you don't want to have that per have to have three of those people you want that guy to really hump it so yeah i think in their future utopia scenario you might even eliminate those people from obtaining those skills because that's the only way. The well, only way is to prevent is to not. Yeah. You you either force them to work through absolute forced slavery, like you get your job assignment and you are going to work. It is definitely going to bring efficiency and productivity down. Not that that in itself is a negative. I don't care about that stuff anymore. I feel like we've gotten to the point where it's we we focus on that excessively just from a or well-being point of view, but you're either going to force people to do it or you're going to have productivity go way, way down or you're going to automate everything. And automating everything maybe takes away the the human inputs into stuff, but it's also going to take away the human pull of it all. You're, you're going to have an automated inputs. You're going to have automated outputs. You're going to have everyone's going to get the same thing. And it's just like my Swedish friend says, like everybody's a Svensson. They don't, they literally, this is what she says. She is Swedish, born and bred. She still lives there. She's lived there all her life. And she says they literally, Swedish people like do this, like literally like have tacos on Tuesday and two glasses of wine on Friday. You know, that's probably changing with immigration, but that's what it takes to have equality of outcome. And fortunately, they already had a kind of a very homogeneous culture. So it was okay. But then when she came here, she was my au pair for a while. She looked at me. She was just like, oh, my gosh, like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And these globalists know that they are well aware of that because they continue to move the goalpost on what equality is, what equality of outcome is. And they know that if they can put that out there, that that's always something they can use to gain more control for themselves because they can always find a group that they can make feel as though they are not getting their equal share because they frame it subjectively. It's about how you feel. If you don't feel like you have equality or if you don't feel like you have the same respect as others or 
that's amazing that you say that because what what is their stock and trade? Disempowering you, making right. you feel bad about who you are, where you are in the world, always comparing with other people, always comparing. There is an, a chapter in Jordan Peterson's book. So one of the vixens, voluntary vixens, asked me to um, talk about 12 rules, the Patterson book. So I'm reading Peterson book, Jordan Peterson. So I'm reading it. And one of the we're going to do a podcast on it. And one of the chapters is compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who somebody else is today. Yeah. And I found so much of value in his book. It was great. And so many of the things that I had meant, like note to self, tell your kids this, like if there's something you don't like about yourself, don't go to a psychiatrist. Try to change it first. Just try to change it first. Yeah. Like actually try to have no denial, except with humility, the bad feeling it comes when you face your own deficiencies. And then that should just be something you work on. And if you need help working on it, then you go to a psychiatrist. He is a psychiatrist. But can I read you what the snowflake said about his book? Yeah, I did see they got mad about it. <laughs> so he's got this new book out and they put it. There's a, a it's on Fox. Of course, they're like uh, so blatant in their own contribution to the propaganda. So they have this like miserable look of, on his face, the picture of him. And it says, uh, Peng Penguin Random House staffers broke down in tears over the release of Jordan Peterson's new book. Now, I think it might have just been one person who broke down in tears, but this yeah, is they make that- it sound like everybody in the the workroom in the newsroom at the publication house is just what just everybody's falling to the ground and flailing like a kid who's not getting a toy from Toys R Us. It totally feels like they were students in a university as if there was no choice but to go to this, you know, the public university called Penguin Random House. Like if you're you're working in a place that publishes books, do you is your requirement really that you agree with everything in the book? But but the funny part is what the person actually said. This person said he is an icon of hate speech and transphobia. And the fact that he's an icon of white supremacy, regardless of the content of his book. I'm not proud to work for a company that publishes him. Like, he's an icon. She's not saying he has hate speech. He's transphobic. He's a white supremacist. Just that supposedly he is iconified or whatever by those people. And this is has nothing to do with the content of the book. So isn't that a convenient way? Because who's who's making him that icon? This person might as well be. This person it, yeah. is making the icon the because what he says him, is helpful. Yeah. And Say she said she's not proud to work there. She could because quit. Of course. That company is is a huge company. If you work for that company, you're making you're making a good bit of money and that is one of the bigger most more Seems notable. like a good job. Yeah. But here's the thing. The way they talk about work these days, this chick and um healthcare heroes and uh stakeholder interest, they're preparing us for a world where the amount of money you make is not isn't why you work someplace. You might be forced to work someplace. So if you're forced to work someplace, then you have a say in how that place is run. It, it becomes now a humanitarian question. I wonder if that company, Penguin, is that the... Penguin Random House is Penguin what it Random said. House? It's a Canadian subsidiary, I guess. I wonder if they're going to come out and make an apology statement, a, a virtue signal. They might say that Publishing Jordan Peterson's book runs counter to the ESG standards from the World it Economic Forum. could be. I mean, Forum. they said that they are not pulling it, that they do not censor in that way. 
but backlash is bad. I mean, I just post this. I hate to post stuff like this, but my, I don't, my listener, people who I tweet with don't fall for it at all ever. But it says, we announced yesterday that we will publish Peterson's new book, Beyond Order, this coming March. Immediately following the announcement, we held a forum. We are open to hearing the feedback and answering their questions. We remain committed to publishing a range of voices and viewpoints. But that's the kind of statement that could easily be followed by a statement like after the, <laughs> we, we, get, we offered them this feedback. Yeah. Now, I don't have to tell you or anyone listening that the news is biased. All news is biased. Whether intentional or unintentional, there's always at least some level of bias in the news that we consume. And this bias does impact how we see the world. Fortunately, Ground News is making it a lot easier for us to quickly recognize this bias. Ground News is a new app that provides readers with objective data about the underlying political bias in all published news stories. It's the first ever news comparison platform. Here's how it works. Ground News collects data from over 50,000 news sources and and runs a real-time media bias tracking. Then, the coverage bias rating is visually shown alongside the story. For every story that you read, you can compare how reporting differs across sources with different political biases and see if the coverage of the story skews more to the left or more to the right. Now, Ground News represents a larger movement of people who are fed up with traditional, highly politicized news. No one wants to be spoon-fed ideas or subtly influenced in covert ways. What Ground News does is gives the power to to the people so that you can make up your own mind. If you want to learn more and try out Ground News for yourself, and I highly recommend that you do, head on over to ground.news slash prop. That's ground.news slash prop and enter the code prop that's spelled P-R-O-P in all caps to get one month free of Ground News Pro. And as an exclusive limited time offer, listeners of the Propaganda Report will get 20% off Ground News Premium Membership. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to ground.news slash prop and start judging the truth for yourself today. Yeah, that's how this has seemed to work in the past. A company does something that outrages people, maybe people that work there or just their fans. And after some reflection, they realize they did something wrong and they make a grand virtue signal that shows that they aligned with what's called the ESG environmental, social and governance standards, which is basically like a social credit score that is trying to be implemented from the Great Reset in the World Economic Forum worldwide. It kind of reminds me of the pattern that we may see emerging of like what Chappelle did. So everyone's going to wonder, where's the Chappelle show? Is it being suppressed? Is it being censored? So there it was. It popped up. And then he said, well, we have a contract dispute, so let's pull it back down. And they're doing it for no reason at all. Really, well, the reason that keep is being happy. said that they're doing it is because they have a good relationship with him because yeah, he's been producing those special. Yeah, to keep him happy. Right. Yeah, yeah, so maybe they could have asked him before they put it up there. Yeah, it's a great point. How did it even get up there? It's, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. So, uh, I, you know, because they they must have paid for it, right? And why would you do that without kind of making sure that it didn't blow up your other relationships? Because he had talked feels- about this before. Before it even got on Netflix, he had talked about this. Yeah, so it was just a very public explanation for why something is getting censored. It feels organic, but... Not necessarily. And I'll tell you something off topic that is making me nervous. What? It's it's from Axios. It's from six hours ago. Scoop. Israeli military prepares for possibility Trump will strike Iran. <sighs> wow. You, you <laughs> said that that was a possibility a few weeks ago. Yeah, I did. And only because like weird stuff was happening over there. Oh, because Syria was 
they bombed Syria saying that Syria was in Golan, but Golan is Syrians. The world recognizes that. But then Trump recognized it as Israel. So Israel was like, hey, you guys are on in my backyard now. And it's like, but it's our backyard. Yeah. Very difficult situation. And I always wondered, I've been wondering for a long time about the Iran thing because it seems like their own leadership is totally like inside job traders. The Ayatollah, the first Ayatollah back in 79 was trained in a commune in Paris. Rouhani was trained at the, um, I think Glasgow, whatever, in a Scottish university where he's got his PhD. Like, I am not convinced that those guys are Iranians first, for sure not. But that doesn't mean that they can just sell out their people without it being noticed, which is why I think Soleimani died. But what these guys want is to expand locally. Syria has always been a big target of Israeli expansion. If you go back decades, I mean, they seem to be peppering away at Syria. So I assume that's still true. And maybe it's and like Saudi Arabia is all up in Yemen. And maybe, you know, they're like, well, these are Iranian backed insurgencies or whatever. But maybe it's the opposite. Maybe Syria and Yemen Ha- because they're just these like supposed Iranian backs, whatever, are operating inside Syria and Yemen. So it's not like they're invading Saudi Arabia and Israel. So then you, maybe it's the opposite, which is Iran is in there um, supporting these guys who maybe are defending themselves. And uh, that's why Israel would want to hit Iran. Because Iran, you know, why does Israel want to hit Iran? It's far away. But like I could just see it coming out that way regardless of whether the Iranians are true to their people or not. And I had always said that Trump would pave the way for infrastructure just based on what he said his first day. So I don't know if that's still a possibility. Start war with Iran and crash the economy. So one out of three so far, and it may well be two out of three. And then we'll be in a war for when the dispute as to who the president is, it'll be like what Caesar did and just say, oh, uh, I got to declare a dictatorship. It's emergency. Wow. Is that, is that a prediction? <laughs> Was that a leap? Hey, man, I'm full of them. I could. <laughs> no, I could. I mean, there it's an option tree, right? I mean, there's possibilities like any path can. There's a lot of different paths. Some paths are not not possible, but that path is possible. Yeah. I mean, think about it, the way they build up his personality, Trump's, as being this kind of hot ad. If I've always thought, you know, I only changed my mind about like real hot war with Iran being the goal when that Soleimani thing, they could have had the hot war with Iran and Iran back down. Like, why would they do that? So it's very confusing. Um, but I think it could make sense if you see that this is all uh, theater to make it look like there is organic emergence of this thing. That it wars is all like that. theater. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody writes a book like how did World War One start? And it's just mumbo jumbo nonsense. It's just nonsense. completely <laughs> so far removed from the truth. It started because Ferdinand got shot and assassinated and everybody just blew up. Right. Like just some guy ran up to him and killed him. And then that and then just. Whatever. Yeah, that was a symbolic event that represented something that was already happening anyway. And, and a false flag and all that. Yeah. So or proxy flag. A proxy flag. That's a new term for your glossary there, proxy flag. I did see on the local news last night, they were talking about how, they were talking about the question of can private companies require people or customers to have a vaccine? And the answer was yes. And I believe that we knew that. We've talked about that. But that's the first time I'd seen them talking about that 
at the local news level talking about how you might not be able to fly if you don't have it or you might not be able to work somewhere if you don't have it. That's very interesting because that would be a first stepping stone to allowing or to kind of tasking connected businesses that are going to survive businesses that have your cooperation to survive are if if that's what they want you to do they have to first say you can do it and that's like an old adage and i I really never fully got my mind around it but i'm starting to understand it more and more where they say you know with this with a tyrannical dictatorship or whatever that and it's either mandated or prohibited you never really have liberty that when they change a law, they they make you do it or you're not allowed to do it. And yeah. this feels like the first step towards the make you do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In the patron 15, I'm going to tell you about a public safety alert that is being sent to people's phones in Fulton County, Georgia. Oh, today. is it about the giant freaking 5G thing on top of the honey baked ham that has a four block line around it? Is that wow, the public? No, it's not. <laughs> Maybe it should be. Because that's the one I want to send out in my neighborhood right now. I will tell you a little bit about that and a few other things of non-specific nature of the Patriot 15. <laughs> <laughs> The worsties ever. <laughs> you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week to afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propreport and go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. You can also check us out on Rockfin, rockfin.com. Happy Thanksgiving. Monica has something left to say. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. And we are not going to have a show tomorrow. And we are going to post on Friday as the DNB. So make sure you're still signed up to uh, the regular Propaganda Report feed on your podcasting platforms. We're going to put our really great... Charlie Robinson's been making the round about his book, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. And I suspect that our conversation with him might be at the top of the list of how I think we really covered a lot in one hour. And we did. It was went great. pretty deep. I really enjoyed it. And then we're going to have, uh, we'll have, oh my gosh, we have a great treat for the patrons for Friday's Patron 15. We'll tell you about that next. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all.